no matter where I am, I'm passing out cards or talking to somebody and, you know, shaking a hand, kissing a baby, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) The second I met you, you handed me your card. Yeah. You got to be the brand. Welcome to Profession Session, where we interview young business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals in all kinds of different areas. I'm your host, Brody Vinson, and my guest today is Chris Carbajal. Chris, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. I'm really excited to get into this one. So our mutual connection, Steve, introduced me to you as what he described as kind of a serial entrepreneur. You're involved in a lot of different stuff, so a lot to get into today. Is that how you would describe yourself? Yeah. I love talking shop. I'm a sports fan. So I think that competitive nature and me always wanting to get better and do better in business is something that keeps me thriving for more. Yeah. But yeah, I would consider myself a, a nonstop businessman. Yeah. I love it. Just into it, into talking about it and in all kinds of different areas as the guests will find out here in a bit. How did your career kind of get started? How did you get into, I guess, the entrepreneurial space at first? Yeah. Um, I moved here when I was 23. So that was uh, in 2009. And the recession had just happened. I looked for a local job, and there was a company doing, like, debt consolidation, uh, assisting people with foreclosures, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I think as a whole, you know, they were bringing on about 20-something clients a month. Okay, wow. And um, there was, like, five or six people. And then in my first month, I did 80 on my own. Wow, okay. So So I was actually going to go back to Miami. And they were like, no, no, like, yeah. we'll kind of give you what you want yeah. to stay type You're of the thing. <laughs> so I got a, you know, got a nice salary bump and I started getting used to Jacksonville and I, I really love it here. I'm so glad I stayed. Um, it's a great place to live. Awesome. What do you attribute that ability to do 80 in your first month to? Um, you know, I mean, I'm up from Miami, got a little gift to gab. Um, mm-hmm. My dad was a salesman as well. You know, just working hard, you know, really when you speak to a client, it's kind of, it's an emotional connection. You know, mm-hmm. you got to you got to understand what they're going through, what they need help with, and uh, just getting them the help they need. You got to actually explain to them all the options. You know, selling is about educating. Yeah. If you educate everybody on what they um, what their options are, a lot of times they'll buy from you because they they trust you. Absolutely. So you just come in and start really killing it right off the bat. They do everything they can to keep you, and it kind of continues going well from there. And how long were you in that position? Um. You know, it morphed as the market uh, changed, um, became more foreclosures. We were doing a lot more debt in the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then foreclosures really started happening a lot. So we started assisting people, um, doing loan modification packages, uh, basically trying to help keep them in their house. Mm -hmm. If they had foreclosures, helping defend them against those. Um, So that whole industry, I would say, uh, I was probably in that about five, six years uh, um, in different facets and forms. But yeah, definitely managing um, I even started a referral business through that. So yeah, I was doing well in that. So how did the referral business work? Um, when people would call in, they'd call my organization. We'd pick up as, as my company, and then we would refer out to different lawyers or processing agencies that provided the services. Because um, there's a lot of services that you need as a company doing all that kind of stuff that you deal with these different service providers. Correct. You're going to have lawyers to help, you know, file bankruptcy per se, um, you know, debt consolidation companies, then you have uh, lower interest rate companies. Um, there's a whole, it's a huge industry. It's still out there. I actually think it's going to be coming back uh, because of the potential recession that we're in now. And Definitely want to get into that a little bit. Yeah. What are, 
What are some of the signs that make you say that? Because that's a really hot topic, really, even as of just the last month or so, people are really starting to talk about that. I mean, inflation is obviously through the roof right now. Yeah. Everybody feels it. You see it at the pump. You see it in the grocery store. Eventually, it has to catch up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think what the government did, they printed a lot of money. So yeah. everybody, you know, market inflation went out of control. They're trying to control it. I think eventually it's going to catch up and there'll be some kind of um, pullback, correction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, hopefully from what we learned back in 08, 09, we'll have some fail safe so that it's not as bad because it it could be worse potentially. But I I don't think it's going to be. I hope not. But you're seeing some of the similar signs from back then when it was leading up to it. Yeah, because, you know, this this day and age, you know, a lot of people will take their inflation, they'll use it to cash out. And a lot of people, unfortunately, are very responsible. They don't invest money. They'll use it and go buy another car or go buy new shoes. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not using the money that they're going to pull out of their mortgage, for example, and go buy properties or go invest it in some other and start a business. They take it and they spend it on items. Yeah, that have consumer dep- goods. Depreciating items. Mm-hmm. So and that kind of just artificially drives things up. And as soon as you have that correction and you can't grab that cash, you're, you know, you're underwater. It's, it's the American yeah. way. Yeah. You get in, <laughs> people get in debt. <laughs> it just, it happens every once in a while. Not, not much we could do about it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hopefully we're a little bit more prepared and it's not, you know, the catastrophic event that it was in 07, 08. I don't think but, so. um, kind of getting back to that, you said that that started to kind of morph that business. What did the the morphing that you mentioned, what did that kind of start to look like for you? So as a company, I mean, at a given time we had 40, 50 of us, I'd say. Um, and we were in the legal space because we were doing foreclosure defense, foreclosure assistance. And it just so morphed into we started uh, working with attorneys that were doing other types of law. Mm-hmm. So we have a call center that was doing uh, marketing and had really good structures and management in place, including myself and some partners. And we started actually doing family and criminal law. And we okay. were doing it in about like 30, 30 states. Uh, wow. Okay. A couple hundred attorneys. Um, it's like a network. Mm-hmm. So you have different, uh, they call them of councils in different states. Um, and that, that morphed into that. I did that for a while. And then so referral business kind of became a legal marketing company. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And then they, um, some of my partners came up with some creative ways in order to, because you can't, you can't, sh- they call it fee sharing. You can't fee share with lawyers, but there's certain ways that you're, you're able to, to receive marketing funds. Um, and they, they were able to do that. So we did that for a little bit. And then there was a couple of hurricanes that came mm-hmm. and I started marketing for a couple of roofing companies. And I started hearing about some of the revenue that they were making from the storms and it, you know, light came on. I was like, Hey, yeah. maybe I should look into this. So, um, after Irma and Matthew, I looked into it and, um, that's kind of what got me into this industry. So I've been, uh, I've owned my company now for four years. So. And that's a roofing company. We do roofing and construction. We do remodeling, mm-hmm. things like that, but, okay. but our main focus is roofing, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we could do them quick. Uh, it gives me flexibility to be around my family, yeah. do things I enjoy like golf and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that kind of gets to a big point I wanted to touch on, which is, you know, just this, this trend that I see in your career, as you've explained it so far of just being prepared and really knowing the market, knowing the trends and knowing what's going on very early and acting on what's going on and kind of creating a new opportunity for yourself. What are some of the ways that you stay in the know and watch the trends. What are some tools that you use maybe to to listen to those trends and keep up with the market? Yeah, I mean, we have we live in a in a world of technology, so it's 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 all at our fingertips. Um, you know, I got two phones, yeah. always on my laptop. I got 
I'm always I, I, I stay keeping up with with the times as best I can um, between uh, in the internet and, and TV and obviously other entrepreneurs around me. Um, you know, by networking with other like-minded people that just think business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you still have a good time, but you think business all the time. Um, you know, you're able to find opportunities, um, and that it's a big thing to make sure that you have other people that around you that also have that same mentality. They're thinking also. about the same things, just always talking ideas. You mentioned just having the passion for business in general, so yep. it's always kind of on the back of your mind. Yeah, you gotta you've got to be around other hustlers. I mean, that is what it is. If 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 the people around you don't have that same vision, uh, your vision's not going to work. I think there's another little point in what you're talking about, kind of creating that flexibility for yourself. You mentioned being you know flexible so you can spend more time with your family, more time golfing. There's also a really good point in there about just leaving yourself a little flexible in case new opportunities come up. I feel like if yeah. You, have the flexibility as an entrepreneur where you'd kind of control your own schedule, at least to a degree, then, you know, some new opportunity comes up, you can take it and you can act on it. Yeah. I think society from growing up, you know, they, they, they train you to go to school, go get a nine to five, save your money and drive to traffic every day. It's great to just pretty much wake up every day and be like, I'm going to do whatever I want today. Yeah. Um, you know, like today I'm going to go grind all day or today, you know what, I'm going to grind a little, I'm going to go golf or today I'm going to hang out with my family. Um, you know what, let's go on a, on a spur of the moment trip. I mean, yeah. there's something about that, that you, when you're growing up, you just think of the rat race, mm-hmm. but once you get into the freedom, it's, it's life changing because you're just like, I literally control what I get to do every day. It really is. I have that same drive. It's really the m- number one, most influential thing for me in my career is really having that, that flexibility to, you know, if I want to work 24 hours straight, I could do that. But if I want to reward myself with a vacation afterwards, I can do that if I want to as exactly. well. Where do you think that came from for you? Was that something that you saw growing up with your parents or was that something that just kind of like came to you naturally? Both my parents, extremely hard workers. My father uh, came from Cuba when he was five, was a police officer, retired after 35 years. My mother's been in the legal industry, always been a great example of how to work hard. She went to law school, just seeing them work hard and just wanting it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to tell like my, my team, I was like, man, you gotta, it was like, a, you gotta want it. You gotta want it. I, ca- I can't want it for you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I know how I want drive. it. I want you to want it. You know, yeah. I, I can't want it for you. I need you to do it exactly. too. You know, and, and it's just something I just wake up and I'm like, you know, I think about things. I think, how, how can I, how can I get better? What can I do to better myself um, as an entrepreneur and as a, as a person, as a father? I love that. What are, uh, what are some things, some other things, you know, maybe even unrelated to the business that you feel like fuel that for you? Some other things you do in your life? Um, you know, like I, my, I have a great wife. I have a good support system. People around me are good. My friends are good. Big about who is in your circle. Absolutely. Your, your inner circle is what helps boost you and what helps make you a better person. I feel like uh, people in my life really, truly do have my back, I can say. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to have that. And it just motivates you to make sure you don't let them down. So I, I'm never going to. That's awesome. Yeah. What are I really like this point, so I want to stay on it for a minute. What are maybe like some attributes, some common attributes that if you were to think about like the closest people to you, the people that you do keep in your circle, maybe some common attributes that you see in those people that lead you to want to have those people in your circle and keep them in your circle? Yeah, you know, a lot of my friends are idea people. A lot of people talk about stupid topics on the time and that's that's up to them. But a lot of my good close friends that I stay around, you know, they're always coming up with ideas. Um, you know, I was just at a networking event yesterday, um, just constantly being around people that want things and are good mm-hmm. people and yeah. have a good moral, good, good, uh, good moral compass. Yeah. They don't steal. They don't, you know, yeah, they're, they're really just good people Absolutely. and it, it just makes it really easy. I love that. 
So you just you keep yourself surrounded by this great circle that has your back and is always thinking of ideas. So that brings up all kinds of new ideas. So that kind of brings us to, you know, there's a few other different things that you've had going on. Um, you mentioned that you're in real estate investing. We kind of talked about this off yep. air a little bit. Really like to get into that as well. So I guess that's a little parallel to some of the construction and roofing, obviously, yeah. dealing with real estate in that case. So did you kind of get into real estate investing out of virtue of being in that world a little bit? Yeah. So in my industry, I deal with investors all the time. I still do mm -hmm. um, doing roofs, doing certain remodels after, you know, I'm, I'm about four years in business now. Uh, the first couple of years, it's like I was doing it for them. I'm like, wait, I could do this for myself. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, being around some other guys that are into real estate, um, we have been able to do uh, short-term Airbnb rentals. And being in the construction industry, if you're already doing remodels and things like that, and you're just doing it for yourself, uh, you're getting better margins. You're getting better deals. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing that's really helped me is getting making sure you get the prices right so that your return on your investment um, comes out comes out good. Absolutely. And, you know, getting into the Airbnb a little bit, even, you know, selfishly, I am very interested in that because it's something I've started becoming more aware of recently is just how good the money is in, in hosting through Airbnb if you set it up right. So how, how did you first set that up? What, what was your first kind of Airbnb investing opportunity? Um, so... You know, basically right now, the the one we got going that's really, really, hopefully the <laughs> going to be the biggest return, uh, it's a seven, it's total seven bedrooms, six bathrooms in San Marco. Wow. Um, it, it's basically, if we're going to rent something like that, market value probably four or five grand a month, but we were mm -hmm. doing some numbers. I think it's going to come out somewhere around 13 grand a month if I okay. do Airbnb at a seven, at wow. a 70% rental. And how did that market research look? How did you uh, how did you do that? You comps in the area, mm -hmm. so you do you know you go to look at other houses that first what you bought the house for, um, what the well this is a duplex or mm -hmm. quadplex, um, what does that cost? How much possible construction uh, renovation is going to go into it, mm -hmm. and then at the end what's the value going to be, and then you got to check Airbnbs uh, or VRBOs and say hey, how much approximation per night can you get for something that's renovated? Right. And we do that math and that's how we come up with those numbers. Just with other comparable properties in the area that Correct. are already doing it? Correct. If you okay. go to the, you know, for example, if you're looking at, you know, for example, the property in, in San Marco, um, you can see other Airbnbs in the area say, okay, this 2-2 will rent for, you know, anywhere from 125 to 200 for per se. Mm -hmm. um, but you look also at how that one looks compared to the final product of how yours should look. Um, so that one's about to wrap up. Actually, we're in the final stages now doing, doing a, common area right now with um like a pergola and oh wow barbecue you know so we're getting that's that awesome. stuff mm -hmm. set up because it's yeah. also about it's not just about where you put your head it's also about some of the amenities that you have on the property. absolutely i feel like that's very important especially if you're talking about a bigger space like that it's probably going to be used for a lot of you know events maybe a company a small company event or something like yeah, you're gonna have people coming in for florida georgia you're gonna have uh, you know they'll come with groups of people mm -hmm. and they're gonna want you know after a game or or something to go have somewhere to hang out a little bit, barbecue or what have you. So it is important to add some of those little amenities to add some value. Um, if you're searching online for an Airbnb and, and, and you're like, oh, this place got, you know, it's got, it looks like it's got a fire pit. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, that's cool. After the, you know, after whatever you're in town for, you can go sit out there. It really helps you kind of shape your trip as well. That's my favorite thing about, you know, using, you're, we're talking about the hosting side, but mm -hmm. using Airbnb as a user, yeah. I, something I use a lot on trips. Same here. It's, Awesome. I mean, you can really select it for specifically what you're looking to get out of the trip yep. and it helps shape 
you know, it helps you get something out of the trip you might not have even thought of yourself, like the different amenities. Yeah, so I completely agree with that. It's really cool. What What are uh, just on like kind of a fun topic? What are What have been some of your favorite Airbnb experiences? Um, I, so my wife was a cheerleader for the Jaguars. So mm-hmm. I went uh, to London. Did I go twice, three times? I went twice. Okay. And we cool. stayed in Airbnbs there. So those were pretty cool. Like you're in the middle of uh, I've, I've actually uh, Rome. Me and my wife okay. stayed in Rome and awesome. it was amazing. We like left the windows and doors open the whole time. So you can just hear like street performers. And wow. it, was, it was a really cool experience. That's all. Awesome. That'd be really cool traveling yeah. with the Jags. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't, I didn't get to travel. She travels with them. I had to go <laughs> privately on my own. I'm not allowed to travel. Still with getting to be there. Though. Yeah. It yeah. was cool. It was cool. Uh, I hope to we do it We usually win those games too. A lot. Uh, yeah. We've we won. had good success. Yeah. Time. We won some good ones at the end. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, who were they playing for that game? Do you remember? Um, the last, the first one I think was the Buffalo Bills, and the last one was the Dallas Cowboys. Very cool. Yeah, was, that's awesome. I met uh, Michael Irvin. I'm a big Miami Hurricane. Oh fan. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I got to get to London. I haven't been yet, but I've heard should, it's a really great time. You should. It, Maybe when the Jaguars are playing, would be yeah. The they're, they're, I think they go back again this year. Pretty much every year now, I think. Right. Uh, I think th- between there and Tottenham, which is somewhere mm-hmm. near there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. A couple where. different stadiums. Yeah, it's somewhere near London. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so do you have any other Airbnb kind of investments that you're setting up right now, aside from the quadplex? Well, right now we're, we're looking for some more to, to get into. Um, I have a couple right now. I'm really, really focusing on my roofing company, mm-hmm. uh, reinvesting in that. I got a commercial about star airing, um, uh, other, I'm increasing my, my spend on Google AdWords and different marketing trends there. So that's really kind of my focus is, is pouring some gas on this mm-hmm. and so that it gives me the opportunity to buy more investment properties, things of that nature. So I think the the Google AdWords brings up a really good topic because you have that marketing background yeah. and you're doing a little bit of that. I'd like to talk about what are what your favorite marketing, like paid marketing channels are and why. Um, is Google AdWords your favorite, would you say? Google AdWords is good for this. For what I do specifically, um, I, I'm great with Thumbtack. Uh, it's kind of like a home advisor type of situation. We actually mm-hmm. won top pro 2019, 20, and 21. Um, which is given to like kind of like an Angie's list yeah. for specifically for contracting. Correct, and okay. you can like pick your service specifically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've done very well w- with them. I, like I said, one top pro three years in a row. It's only given to like four percent of all their pros. So when they say mm-hmm. pro, it's it can also be for like other services, dog walkers, babysitters. Okay. I mean, there's other services mm-hmm. in it, but yeah, it's 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 a big big company. Just kind of service based stuff in y- general. Yeah, I do very. Our return on investment are very good on those. AdWords is a good one. Uh, we do door hangers, word of mouth. I mean, word of Word of mouth, I'm, I'm anywhere I go. I'm always the second I met you, you handed me your card. Yeah, that's I love I'm that. like, yeah. yeah, man. It's you gotta live, you gotta be the brand, you gotta Absolutely. live the brand. But yeah, I'm always no matter where I am, I'm I'm passing out cards or talking to somebody and you know shaking a hand, kissing a baby, whatever. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so how did you first get into you know kind of staying on the Google AdWords? How did you first get in, get into running paid ads and what were maybe we could go kind of failures and successes. I'd like to talk first maybe about like any failures you might've had getting into that. Cause it's kind of a trial and error thing. Yeah. You get better at running the ads. There's no guarantees. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very big about tracking where things are coming from. That way I know if the investment's working. So I have, you know, uh, a thing called Ring central, which helps me track 
different unique numbers. So for example, my AdWords has one specific <laughs> phone number. So if somebody were to call from that phone number, I know they called from AdWords. So, you know, <laughs> trials and tribulations, I had run an ad for, I think it was like two months. I mean, I spent a couple grand and I realized, uh, I'm like, man, I'm not getting any calls. And I realized uh, the number was was messed up in Ring Central. Wow. And so it wasn't passing, it wasn't ringing through to my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and I had to, we had to go back and call the people and try to get them on the hook. But it's, yeah. somebody calls you, a lot of voice you, you, you gotta pick them up right away. Absolutely, yeah. especially so, if it's coming in from a channel like So that. now I've learned to always have my Ring Central yeah. up every day, <laughs> just in case something, it's a, you know, something IT goes wrong. That way I don't lose that money. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, talk about the Ring Central. So we were talking about this again off air. You've got not only the two phones, but you've got different the different numbers forwarding into those phones that show you where they're calling from, you know, because you've got the different referral sources. I think that's genius, by the way. I think that's really smart. It really helps you with that tracking. What are some other ways that you kind of track your ROI? Um, you know, so obviously I have a CRM that I use in mm-hmm. order to track my clients. So every client that comes in, we ask them, Hey, for marketing purposes, where did you come from? Where did you locate us? Yeah. Um, so that's the way to do it. Then we, I obviously I'm big with my Microsoft Excel. So I keep mm-hmm. spreadsheets and that way I can get an idea of, um, how much money that I spent per, uh, marketing unit and mm-hmm. then what kind of calls I got back. Um, I also do, um, with my website, I put t- tags on them. Mm-hmm. So for example, I'm able to track IP addresses to visit my site. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm big about that. It's it's important to know where the money's coming from and where the leads are coming from. Um, you know, sometimes you have to go through a, a good amount of leads in order to get one deal. So it's important to make sure that you're tracking that. And in any industry you're in, uh, I think that's something that people don't do. They they think about accounting only, mm-hmm. but it's also important to make sure that you track where leads come from. Absolutely. Going back to you mentioned your CRM. One thing that that makes me think of just um, being like. Being earlier in the entrepreneurial space myself, I've dealt with a lot of CRMs. And one thing that I've noticed is a common struggle with business owners is picking the right CRM for mm-hmm. you. I'd like to talk a little bit about that. It sounds like you're pretty happy with yours. Yeah, I'm on my third one, actually, f- that since I've started just company. this company, just just yeah. for this company. you know. So it, it is important. Um, it's not just about how much it costs. It's about what they do. Um, the reason I like, I'm with AccuLinks right now. That's what I'm currently okay. using. Um, the benefit to it is it's got a lot of templates. So for mm-hmm. example, um, if we send out a quote, I can automatically have it send them a follow-up email in That's awesome. X amount of days or text, things of like that. Um, for example, if we have a, an estimate tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, they get a reminder on their phone the morning of. If somebody signs a contract, they get an automated email that gets sent to them that breaks down um, what to expect when we go to build your roof or do whatever project. That's really so, awesome. so I'm big about automation mm-hmm. and going over and above um, with the client. They love that. You know, clients, yeah. they feel like they're in the low. They know what's happening. Um, Especially getting the that. texts thing. That's huge yeah. for, for anything. I, I know whenever I set an appointment, I've always got so much stuff going on. If I... If I don't have, if it's something like a, a vet appointment or something that I that just might be out of mind, like if I'm getting a text about it, like I'm gonna remember it. But if not, I, there's no way I'm gonna remember it. So uh, that's huge. I'm huge about lists. I'm huge about um, using my calendar. I mean, everybody's got a lot going on in their life, and I, I definitely stay busy. So I have to make sure that I, I keep uh, I keep things written down in order to to stay on top of things. Obviously nobody's perfect. Things sometimes do slip through the cracks, but that's a be- the best way in order to, to stay to up is to make sure you write yeah. stuff down. Absolutely. So what are some other strategies you use to kind of, you know, keep everything together because you do have so many different 
you know, endeavors going on at once and you seem to have a very good handle on it. Like you said, you know, sometimes stuff slips through the cracks, of course, but you do seem to have a really good handle on it. What are maybe some other things that you use? You mentioned the calendar. Is that a very important and integral piece for you? Yeah, keeping things, I mean, not just being, you know, I have family things, I have business things, and I have, uh, you know, different events and things that come up. Um, so the calendar, I mean, you know, one of the biggest things for me is making sure that, it, you know, especially with like clients, things, I'll have to mark um, follow-ups. And so it's a calendars, notes, using the CRM, you know, making sure some automizations in place, just in case, for example, I do forget to call somebody, there is something that will either remind me or remind the client or remind both of us. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm big about using the tools that you have in order to, to succeed. I love that. And I, again, on the CRM note, um, another thing that I've noticed is, you know, as, as a business owner, obviously you said you're on your third one. So at some point you had one that either maybe you weren't happy with or or you just found one that you thought could be even better is that something that you kind of a tab that you have to always leave open in your head in your opinion is that you if another one comes along that's better you're going to yep. switch i actually believe it or not there's there is one that i've heard of that and i haven't really fully looked into it but all your data that's inside of a CRM, mm-hmm. I always make sure if I go with a CRM that you can take the data out of it, do like a CSV or what, whatever Absolutely. it may be, and export it into a new one. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have that technology, I won't even ever look at them. Exactly. Because I'm never, you know, you can't, I'm not locked into one. You mm-hmm. know, technology gets better. People come up it's with. always changing. People come up with something better. And it, I, if I have the ability to use that, yeah. I don't, I'm not married to uh, the one CRM. But yeah, exactly. the first CRM I had, they, um, they were amazing about marketing purposes, but they were bad about production. Okay. So for example, like post sale, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was good about tracking leads, reminding leads, but then once they signed up, it was like, there was nothing there. Right. Um, you know, also big It doesn't thing, have that extra high touch. It's just value. got one side of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the back end. And you need, in my industry, you need both because we're not just sales and marketing to Ferus and, and that sort of thing. We're also production. We got to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to build. We got to collect. We got to send warranties. There's, there's a whole process at the end. It's not just hey, sign a client, we're done. It's, a, it's not just a point of sale. It's not like a lollipop. Here's a lollipop, go. This is, mm-hmm. hey, sell. We got to order materials. We got to pull permits. We got to order yeah. dumpsters. There's a whole there's a whole list of things that got to go. Absolutely. I could be here all day telling you what we have to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know how that is. Is there Does that do invoicing for you as it well? It does invoicing as well. That's huge. Yeah. We're looking into one right now for my company, making a switch that, do, that will do the invoicing. So we're a very new company. We just got started really in September of last year, but... We're looking into one that will do invoicing for us because right now it's all kind of manual. Yeah. We've had a lot of big jobs, but now it's moving into a lot, just a lot more medium jobs yeah. at once, which is great, but it's a lot, a high workload. More, more tracking, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's important for invoicing. Um, and then we, it links with our QuickBooks, which, That's and, so, and which links directly with our bank account, which links exactly with our payroll. So it's all about if you can automate something, it's going to give you more time to do mm-hmm. other things, but it's also going to help make you efficient and create fail safe. So if you write stuff down, yes, you can check it off. But if you have a computer system that's able to actually, you know, you have to move it from sta- status to status uh, in order to make sure that it gets done. So that's we're big about that. You know, client goes from a lead um, or sorry, they go from a prospect to an approved client to a deposited client, mm-hmm. to a build client, to a collected final payment client, to a leave us a review client. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a whole process. I think the leave us a review thing is huge too. What yeah. are some, is that kind of built into your CRM as well? Just like reaching out and asking for the review? We, we don't automate that mm-hmm. because it's less personal. It's less oh, personal. Yeah. yeah. We'd rather call, be there or, you know, what have you. It depends on the client. Um, 
but yeah, we, we, we're pretty good as far as reviews. I mean, not everybody leaves one, you know, of course. We don't harass it. If somebody doesn't want to leave one, that's fine. I understand. But, you know, we I think we got in total between all of our platforms around 100, and we're at a 4.9 really or 5. There's, you know, we've had one or two um, at, at, in our history. But yeah, for the most part, everything's pretty good. So what are some strategies that you use for for asking for that uh, review at the end? Um, well, How does I usually, that conversation look? Well, one, we, we, we use a drone to take pictures so people love awesome. seeing the drone photos mm-hmm. um so we provide them with all their photos we provide them with our warranties okay um you know so we kind of give them a lot of information even when we go to enroll a client uh, I'm, I guess people call it being extra. When we go to send them their quote, they get our state licenses, they get our liability insurance, um, they get a link uh, that they click on. It's got a cloud with like 600 pictures wow. of jobs we've done. So it's like, you know, that's it, awesome. Like, look, we are legit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love and, and I feel like some of the, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's other, cli- you know, uh, roofers and things like that to do do things the same, but there's a lot mm. that don't. Yeah. So it helps set you apart sometimes just by going that little extra mile. And I'm huge about that. So. Another thing we were kind of talking about off air that I wanted to touch back on is you feel like um, in your roofing company right now, you mentioned you feel like you're in a really big growth stage. I'm interested what that means to you. What makes you say growth stage and what that kind of looks like for you? Yeah. So the roofing industry is obviously this is my main racehorse, if you mm-hmm. will. And it's been what's given me the opportunity to buy real estate, look at other business ventures. So I've been um, pouring gas on it, if you will, yeah. um, increasing marketing value. Um, I've just brought on some outside sales reps. So I got a couple other reps that just started basically merging from other companies, see the greener pastures and want to come join us. So, you know, we're picking up some outside reps. That's going to be, you know, it takes a while to see that return. Of course. Um, we got a commercial uh, that's going to be running on First Coast News and Good Morning America. and all. On that. the note of the outside sales reps, there's something going back to Wade earlier in the interview that you mentioned, um, you know, talking to people and, and whether they have that will to really want to sell and do well or not. How, how do you pick that out when you're like looking to take on those new sales reps? What are some of the things that you're looking for? Um, you know, so one of the guys that we're just bringing in now, you know, so it's just starting. I've, I've actually, I've, I was following him on social media mm-hmm. again. He, you know, he posts about his, his roofing sales and things like that. And I was like, Hey, if you're ever interested in talking, I followed up with him for months. Finally, he's like, you know what? He's like, Hey, I'm going to come in and see you. And we met and he's, really good vibes kind of like you guys um he's got really good vibes and you're just like all right we're, we're, you know because he's also if somebody sells for you they're also like their own business yeah in my opinion oh absolutely um, so he also has you can see the like i said he, that you gotta want it he, he the he internal kind of entrepreneurial drive he already, he already knows like he, he i don't have to push him he's gonna go yeah. sell on his own and and he does for another company so he's already coming in um you know running basically he doesn't need too much training Mm -hmm. but he saw what we're doing kind of like the culture we're trying to build over at south edge and he's he's come over and so i'm excited about that and then it's really just about providing you know a better more constructive infrastructure and growth opportunity for them yeah it's about the tools it's uh as far as the the system that we use the crm it's about how we assist them um you know a lot of companies don't go that extra mile like i feel like we do Mm -hmm. and 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 people love that like for example a dumpster um when we go to do a job the dumpster gets there like the night before and then it leaves like the day, the morning, like it's gone mm-hmm. in and out. That's awesome. Some companies leave yeah. dumpsters for like a week in front of your yeah. house and then you get parked. Things, just things like that. Uh, we have an amazing relationship with the material company. Mm-hmm. So we get materials quicker. You know, they kind of take care of us. Just stuff like that. Yeah. It, it, it just makes making it the whole experience fantastic from beginning to end. Better for the client, better for the rep. 
Um, you know, me and I have like a right hand man. I would come his name Sean, and he really helps me uh, tackle the day. I mean, we we kind of ham and egg everything, make sure that nice. that we get all the tasks we got to get done uh, for that day. But we're we're very big about client communication, going that extra mile so that they know that hey, we're here to help. Um, you know, just really, like I said, hitting them with, with extra, extra things so that they know that you care about them. We, because we do literally appreciate every single client. Absolutely. If if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. That's yeah. It's literally the lifeblood of the business. Exactly. So the other thing you mentioned was the commercial. I'd like to talk about that a little bit. How did you decide that you wanted to shoot and run a commercial? Yeah. So, um, there's a couple things right now, you know, we talked about market trends. There's a couple things right now that are happening in the roofing market. One thing is hurricane season just started. Mm -hmm. Hurricane season uh, for the next, you know, few months, if you're going to look at TV you, in, and you live in Florida, you're going to keep an eye on the tropics because there's always yeah. something out there that's floating around. Okay, they miss, whatever. They get close. We have a near mm-hmm. miss. But you're always – so it's something that's on people's mind. Yeah. It's on their front door. Then the really other, as soon as summer starts. Yeah. yeah. yeah right now it's I – mean, we had one little kick up like last mm-hmm. week. But the point yep. is you you really keep an eye on that. So everybody buys water and, you know, the, the whole situation. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, then right now in our industry there's a, a lot going on with um, insurers that aren't reinsuring homeowners. It's like a huge – Really? Uh, yeah. The government just had a special legislation. They're, they just changed some laws um literally just went into effect like last week wow. but the point is that that's a big thing right now is uh homeowners insurance companies are getting out of it dropping out of business they're not taking on new clients and what it's from the last you know five six years they've been getting the insurance companies have been getting crushed because there's been so many hurricanes that have hit up and down between here and the gulf coast yeah. so it's, it's it's just taking them way outside of their risk calculations it, it we're, we're getting action uh, you know, Florida gets hit every year. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere. So it's like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's really hard. I wish I could figure out what, where things are going to go. It's not like the insurance or the roofing business will go anywhere. You know, uh, as I said a little bit earlier, there's, there's three things in this world. You know, for the most part, that you need: you need water, you need food, and you need a roof to, to over your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy that I'm in an industry that I know people need. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's. That's important, especially when you're talking about like potential recession, like things getting shaken up and not knowing exactly how it's going to go. You got to be at something solid. No matter what's going on, you're going to always have to have a place to live. um, So you're going to need a roof over your head. And uh, we're here to keep it. Absolutely. (laughs) To to keep it dry, you know. So uh, any so go back to the commercial. So you kind of decide, you know, that it's on people's minds, uh, hurricane season, what is kind of the subject matter of the commercial, and how did you decide how you wanted that to look? Yeah, so you know, between me and and, and one of the reps I'm working with for the news station, um, we came up with a couple 30 second commercial spots. Actually, filmed it in front of uh, my buddy's house. Thank you, Vic. <laughs> we filmed it in front of his house. It's a 30 second. It talks a little bit about storm damage. It's actually got me, my wife, and my daughter in it, showing that we're family owned. Um, and then there's another one that discusses, so one discusses the hurricanes and then one discusses, have you been denied or dropped by your insurance company? Yeah. Give us a call. Just hitting those two main concerns. There's two, there, it's, those are the two things that are in front in our industry that's in front of people right now. So it's just us pushing on those buttons. Awesome. And are those primarily going to run on television or will there be like socials, uh, any display? Ad so I have, stuff? I have them here, which I can show you after, um, they're on my, you know, they're on, they're on a YouTube link, but they're going to be running during good morning America. Uh, First Coast News at 5 and 5.30. And then there's some spread out. And then mm-hmm. uh, on the social media platforms. And then I'll post it on our site and things of that nature. Awesome. Kind of just all over. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Probably, I'll probably do run it a little bit on my Google business uh, page, too. You know, do a little paid ads there. Maybe some Absolutely. Facebook page ads. You know, just, just nice. 
you know, just spread out a little bit and just, just content, you know. Have you run commercials like that before? This, this is our first one. Awesome. It's our first one. And in my other industries, we, um, we've done some, um, Radio commercials. Okay. But I've never done a TV commercial. So this is our first one. Did you see pretty good success with the radio commercials? I feel like those are doing really well on podcasts. Right? Um, So we do get, we didn't, and this is about six, seven years ago. So I'm not exactly sure on the return, but I know that they were pretty expensive. Okay. Um, They were pretty expensive. So not only, only like the top tier salespeople would get, get those. Cause obviously you want to make sure that something, I think. I think they were about 40, but almost double the price of like our other leads. So mm-hmm. they were good, but, and you don't get a ton of them, but they're right. so expensive. Yeah. I feel like they've gotten a little bit more democratized with podcasts and some of the other channels, but at the same time, I feel like as a local business, it's probably not the right channel, I would think, because it's like, you know, it, the listens and, and the attention could be kind of all over the place, unless it was like just a very locally focused radio station or podcast station i think the the tv ads are probably the, a better the tv bet. ad that the big thing um and this is something that i love because i love this kind of technology is that Aetna is the name of the you know they're the people that own the tv stations mm-hmm. basically but what they're able to do is they're able to um like your for example your comcast you have an ip address with that so they can know if you're a homeowner or not wow based on your account and they can also tell the value of your property so we're actually only marketing to homeowners and their homes are over three hundred fifty thousand wow. so, dollars. So renters will never see my commercial. That's um, incredible. And that's how they're able to target your. That's how you're able to target your return. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you get that doesn't make your return perfect, but that helps. Still not long. guaranteed, but yeah. I mean, then you're not running it to all these different random you know things that yeah. could never be customers. Yeah, a renter, or it could be an Airbnb or something like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not a primary homeowner. Um, sure. So they're able to do that between you know their 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 data. Uh, data is a, a huge thing. I that's mean, fantastic. I mean, every the data that's out there. Anytime you sign up for any app on your phone, I mean, anything you do these days, people capture your data, um, and we allow it. You know, just because you click 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 to sign up you know nobody exactly. really reads the fine print yeah um and there's nothing wrong with it <laughs> it's like yeah. completely legal might as well utilize it absolutely yeah. it works and i mean you're you're doing a service you're helping people out yeah yeah you know, it's a it's a we're good people you know we're here to help people on it obviously we make money doing it you know it is it is what it is um so anything we can do to get in front of potential clients and to show our brand you know that's that's that was the intent so hopefully it goes good it's running for four weeks and after the four weeks if we get a good return uh i might shoot another one you know if the trend is different but mm-hmm. right now that trend is for hurricanes and for uh, people getting dropped with their insurance. And I'm sure you'll be doing some tracking to see, like, because you have the, you're essentially doing a little A-B test there as well mm-hmm. with the two different spots. You'll be Correct. probably doing some tracking to see which one of those two performs better. And then Correct. would you maybe, if you saw that one was doing way better, you might kind of double down on that particular topic. Exactly. As like a bigger point of concern that's been identified. Yep. We even installed um, these tags on our website. So if somebody... If somebody sees a commercial, and they, obviously we have the IP addresses of who sees who gets in front of, so it's basically like a giant list. And then if they that IP address visits my website, we actually know for scientific fact. I mean, other, I mean, other than some random odd oddity that they just go to my website, that that person came from the commercial. That's awesome. so I'm able to say, hey, you saw the commercial and you visited my site. And, and track it. And we also bought a vanity number, which is a specialized number. It's 904 mm-hmm. I know it's something quick that they can remember, you know, because if you see a commercial in 30 seconds, you're cooking dinner, you got your kids running around, you see a commercial, you know, you need something that they'll remember. So exactly. So it has, uh, we bought a special number for that too. Those do really well, especially if there's like a jingle around it or something. Yeah. Like yeah. some of the ones that 
like the eight six seven five four zero nine, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, big companies do it, lawyers do mm-hmm. it, you know, big doctors things like that. It, it, you got to have something, something to stand out. Something to stand out. It's harder to remember things, so it you is. know that little quick number. So hopefully that it's going to turn out. I'm I'm pretty confident. Well, I'll show you the commercials when we're done. Here. Absolutely. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck with that. That's Thanks, exciting, it. especially since it's like the first time running something new. I mean, yeah. it'll, it sounds like that ties in really well with the the stuff that really excites you. So I'm, yeah, that's no. exciting stuff. Very excited. About awesome. It. Speaking of exciting stuff, you've got some other kind of, you know, ventures that are going on and some upcoming that I'd like to talk about. Yeah. So we've talked about kind of the residential real estate investing that you do, but there's also kind of a commercial side that we haven't really touched on as much. I'd like to get into that a little bit. How did you, I guess we could start with how did you first start considering doing some investing in the commercial space? Because it's a very different world, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you got to look at the same thing kind of we've talked about is, is what's trending, what's hot, you know, what's, or what's, or what's a need, mm-hmm. you know, what's needed. Um, so for example, I got a buddy, bought, he just bought a building downtown and it's an old historic uh, Cuban building called the Medello building. Uh, and, and you I, mentioned you're half Cuban. I'm half yourself, Cuban. Right? My father came mm-hmm. from Cuba when he was five to Miami. Um, so we were actually going to open a Cuban coffee shop at the bottom of it. Now, they're right in that area. There is, there's no coffee shops, nothing like that. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be right there near a bunch of professionals, lawyers, doctors, uh, obviously downtown is growing. So a lot of big time coffee drinkers. Yeah. I mean, you know, especially Cuban coffee yeah. I mean, down in Miami That's a good in stuff. the morning, they bring it the you're awake for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> that stuff to, is strong. Yeah, so we're gonna make some Cuban coffee, some little press sandwiches, things, you know, little oh, sandwiches, awesome. things like that. And it should be pretty good. Very cool. So that's coming up pretty soon then you said, right? Yeah. He's doing a remodel on, you know, well, obviously there's no rush, you know, he's got to mm-hmm. do that, but that'll be coming up, you know, I don't know, a few months probably to get, get start. And that's kind of like a, a mixed use space. So there's like, uh, you know, a little bit of like office space right above that and on the rest of the floor, the, yeah. the, the coffee shop. So it'll be right in proximity of all those offices, literally within the buildings. So yeah, I think there's I a like couple of law firms in total that will be in the building, but then obviously the surrounding area. So it does have mm-hmm. access to the street, which I, it's on, on Bay Street. That's um, huge. So it's, yeah, it's kind of right across from CSX too. So CSX, oh, wow. Like all those people that work in that building. That's probably going to make a killing. Yeah. Awesome. yeah I mean, you know, the, in this day and age, got DoorDash and all those type of things mm-hmm. too. So hopefully, oh, hopefully yeah. it kicks off. I'm excited about that. And that'll be Absolutely. fun. You know, it's something that's got a little tie into my past, into my family, my grandfather. So I'm excited about that. I love that. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Congrats on that. Hopefully you get that up soon. And it sounds like I, I really can't foresee that possibly not being a huge success. Oh, man, I hope so. That's, that's exactly, you know, as a young professional, that's the kind of places I like to go to, like little coffee yeah. shops where you could get a little bit to eat too. Yeah, a little snack and a little and coffee. Just the kind of vibe of it, like all the, you know, it, it attracts a lot of professionals. Exactly. So that's does. very cool. Mm-hmm. And that ties in right with like the environment you like to be in anyway. So that's exactly very cool to be involved in. Yeah. So another adventure that we were talking about that this is more of one that you're considering, not really, not really in the execution stage yet. You yeah. mentioned, but something you're considering pretty heavily is uh, a pickleball spot. Yes, so get into that a little bit. Yeah. So me and my bro- brother started playing pickleball about a month ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I so I go out to the courts and, and I start seeing all these people. I mean, 50, 60, 70 people out at this one court. I'm like, man, there's a lot of people doing it. And I know around town they're building. Down Johnson Creek, they're supposed to be building a huge amenity center full of pickleball, and then there's people playing in Jarbo Park on the beach. So the point is, I know that there's a lot of people. It's becoming more and more popular, and it's for all ages. So mm-hmm. it's not a sport that 
one, you know, just young people, you know, there's old, young, heavy set, slender, you can be anybody. Lower barrier to entry just on the pure athletic level required. You know, it's correct. Something like volleyball, like beach volleyball, you got to be kind of in shape. Got to be able able to jump pretty good. Yeah. You know, so, so this is a way to incorporate there's, so one, there's a big market reach. Mm -hmm. So I actually went out to the court, you know, it's like last week or the week before. And I saw uh, a guy that I've done business with and, and on the way home, I'm like, Man, I was like, we should open up an indoor pickleball. Yeah. Because there is not one here. Now, I've been looking. Right now, I'm in the stage. I've been looking online. Um, there are some that exist in other states. So, mm. I'm looking online to see, like, what they charge, how, what their shot, what their, what it looks like. So, and in other states, you would think there would be one in Florida because it's so hot right now. Exactly. And it look, I mean, it rains mm-hmm. every day. A so, lot. you know, this we're coming up to that time of year where it literally rains every afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, all these people that want to play are probably not going to be able to or you know what i mean it's gonna be tougher you're gonna have to play in the morning or what sounds like a lot of like active busy people too so they're probably like stopping by like to play a quick game you mentioned you might just get in a quick game or two later today like kind of in the middle of your business day or end of the business yeah so i mean if you show up and it's raining no you're done out yeah if it's raining you can't play so Mm -hmm. so it's an idea to do that maybe host some tournaments have a little pro shop what have you so i'm I'm doing some market research into it i mean either way it's fun to play but it'd be cool to have a place where you know people can people enjoy playing can have like a membership or, or you know pay for the day to come play type of thing so i'm doing some research on that um and i'm always tossing around ideas my 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 brothers they laugh at me um because i'm always coming around uh, with ideas and i'm always like oh it's the uber of this it's the uber <laughs> of pickleball it's uber, you know, it's a, always got some some uh it's a good comparison yeah, so we're always laughing I've about that it. too i've called things like the airbnb of yeah. this and that yeah. yeah i'm always like investors could be you yeah <laughs> i love good. that yeah so, I mean, just kind of something that you saw that again, going back to this kind of common trend that I mentioned is just you seeing something that's, that's hot in the market, something that's really popular at the time and said, there's an opportunity in here somewhere, or there could be an opportunity in here somewhere. How do I execute? on? Yeah. That? You got to, you, you got to keep your finger to the pulse. You got to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You got to stay, stay looking for that next thing. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, that's why I love watching things like uh, like the show about Uber and things. You know, I love mm-hmm. even the show about WeWork um, where they where they failed. I still like to check that out. It. Is that good? Yeah, it's good. It's, it's mm-hmm. real interesting. It's it's. I've seen the documentary and the show. Yeah. Um, they went through like a huge scandal, right? It did. And, and, kind of fell apart. and I think he had it under control, in my personal opinion. And then he started overspending, which is something gotcha. that, you know, people... What happens is you make, and I've seen this happen with business, especially in the construction business. I've seen other companies. What they do is they take, you make great margins, mm-hmm. and what they do is they go spend it. Yeah. And they don't reinvest it, or they don't save it for a rainy day. Because mm-hmm. just because you're having good months now doesn't mean you can have some bad ones later. Exactly. Um, you know, so basically the point that I'm making, I like to, to really pay attention, keep an, keep an eye on that. I love seeing entrepreneur, like good entrepreneur movies and things like that. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. There's a lot of really good ones coming out nowadays. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah and especially it. with... Netflix and Hulu and all these things, there's really good documentaries out there and on, on businesses and, and you can see their failures or their successes. And it really kind of sometimes sparks your enthusiasm about being an entrepreneur. And I enjoy that. And you can kind of just start to draw patterns where it might be at a total different industry. But like you, you mentioned things being like the Uber of this, the Airbnb of that, you can just kind of start drawing those patterns and say, okay, well, this worked for them in this capacity. Maybe it could transfer over to this completely different industry that has this one similar facet. Yeah, you know, like, you know, another little idea that I have, you know, I haven't executed it, but it's just, for some reason, I feel like it's going to happen. Um, it, you know, so I have a child now, and I have a, a 
almost two year old daughter. And but it's when you buy her like shoes, for example, she grows out of them like a month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Things like that. They're closing. So I was thinking of almost like a like a Netflix or Uber. Where what it is a is subscription, you, subscription, or, or shoes are closed, and then what you yeah. do is you send them in. They somehow like really specialty clean them, and then yeah, the next like then you buy the next like little gross yeah like the sizes that could work really well and then and then you probably make it like a non-profit or something and then you yeah. donate it all the stuff at the end once it gets to like a certain point in the yeah, life cycle of the garment of the garment then you donate it to somebody that's awesome i like it. that idea you know that then you pay well. you pay a monthly and that because the thing it's your kids grow so quick mm -hmm. i mean even from zero to i don't know 15 you know to like 15 they're like exactly you grow out of your shoe size changes you know so many times and you know that's that's a lot of money you spend on clothes shoes all that kind of stuff and it, they might only wear something once and then then what you just, yeah you know it's like and you could probably just go on and just select like a certain kind of style just say hey yeah. i want this much to come this often every month or every two months yeah, like a three. subscription based service you know maybe get two shoes and you know, two shoes and two things. And then once you get them back, you, you get back in almost like Netflix was with. Yeah. Kind of like a, just, just a direct to consumer, like mail directly to them. Like, yeah. Directly to them. Yeah. Specialty cleaned, you know, mm -hmm. and that your kid wears kids will wear it once or twice, probably, you know, but then they're going to be in the next size anyway. And that's, Absolutely. you know, it's just a way to, and it's a way to monetize that. But then it's also a way at the end, like I said, you can donate it where, you know, you might not want your kid wearing it, but somebody would definitely wear that. Yeah. You know? And there's kind of precedent for that already. There's a lot of these kind of like companies that will mail out a box of yeah. uh, like shave kit ones, shave kit ones and like and clothes. I'm forgetting what it's golf, called. They have one for a golf called, I think it's par three, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And what it is every month they send you like a belt or a hat or, you know, it's got like a little yeah. description. There's, I think stuff there's like one that. called like good threads or something oh, like I've that. Heard of good threads, yeah. yeah. And they, they'll just send you something. You, you keep whatever you want to keep. So the, the other back. I mean, the format is already there, but I have never heard of anything like it for kids. And it's a even bigger market because of all because of, of the, the turnover of, mm -hmm. of the growth. I mean, they grow yeah. quick, like little sprouts. I mean, that's a great idea. You know, we've talked about all these different ventures that you have going on. I feel like that brings up a really good point that we had kind of mentioned before off air a little bit, which is just this concept of, you know, having all these different revenue streams that when you have a bunch kind of coming in at once and a lot of, uh, you know, good safe bets with mm -hmm. your other revenue streams that are coming in, kind of giving you that basis, allowing for you to potentially take on the the little bit riskier, but higher upside opportunities, um, you know, like the pickleball that you were talking yeah. about. I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit, just, you know, why that's important to you personally. Yeah. Any entrepreneur, you're going to have, you got to have funds from somewhere, unless you mm -hmm. came from money or, or something like that. You have to have a, a, a main source of revenue. For me, it's my roofing company. This is my, this is what brings me the opportunity to, to, to buy into potential businesses or real estate. You have to have multiple streams of income. Um, so I have stocks, real estate, um, business, obviously a main business, and I'm trying to open up other ones, but yeah, you have to have something that's a main catalyst in order to give you the opportunity to take some risks, you know, doing things that people would probably call you crazy, like opening up the pickleball yeah. <laughs> arena. But you know, it, to me, it's, uh, that's very important is that you have to have a fail safe, you know, mm -hmm. pickleball doesn't work out or a coffee shop doesn't work out. I got something that's bringing me some revenue off. Obviously I save money. I invest money so that if I ever need to go into my rainy day fund, I can. Something I heard recently about how some of the biggest risk takers, most famous risk takers out there, People like Richard Branson, Elon Musk, those types, they're yeah. serial entrepreneurs and really killing it out there, 
are in the positions that they're in and, and are taking the risks that they're taking because they've built those foundations and they've done those foundational things like saving, having a rainy day fund early on that allow them to feel comfortable taking that risk. Yeah. So it's, it almost would appear on the surface level that they're just these crazy risk takers. But if you dig deeper, it's because they're setting themselves up for success. Yep. You've got to do, you got to lay the foundation to give yourself a chance. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, and, and, you know, let's just say, for example, you know, you open up another business and that one might need to pull money from somewhere. Think about it. If you have some money saved that you that you actually have, you can you don't have to bring in another investor or things like that. You can really shoot yourself in the foot, for example. So it's really important to make sure that you have money, you have a way that something that's going to bring you the, the revenue that you need uh, so that you can buy into other uh, other options and invest stocks, real estate, those sort of things. And I like that note of being able to avoid having an investor when you're starting a business. I want to really emphasize that because it's countered to the kind of sexy startup culture that's gotten really popular the last five to 10 years. It, you know, a lot of people think, oh, the, the move now is you take on all this crazy debt up front yeah. and just keep going until it's not debt anymore, mm-hmm. until there's no debt anymore. But really, I feel like that's a much better bet is just pay, kind of putting yourself in a position where you can start and grow a company without having to take on debt at first and allow it to just kind of cash flow itself and build itself that way. Yeah. You know, sometimes um, it, it, having too many partners is a bad thing. Uh, sometimes it's great to have a partner. Mm-hmm. People, it's just somebody to collaborate with. Somebody's going to bring extra revenue. It all just depends. It depends on the type of industry. But you, yeah, I, I've seen people that have needed to go get investments from from outside sources, and if they just would have somehow not had to get that money, they you know they end up losing out on future revenue, large future revenue. So I've seen it happen. Um, there is a place for having multiple partners invest. Yeah. And trust me, I'm you know I got some things that I have partners with and stuff. You know, it just depends on the setting and, and the the type of venture. Of course, and I feel like just understanding that and recognizing that is part of the art of building the experience and Absolutely. having the different things that you've gone through to learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the point of, you know, building that foundation that we were talking about, we've caught up at this point to, you know, your history, how you got into the space, what you're doing now, and a little bit of, you know, on a macro scale, what you want for the future of your career. I'd like to talk a little bit about maybe the next five years, what you see as being the next stage of your career from here to five years from now. I'm pretty confident I'll be able to do this. I want to pretty much double in size what I'm doing now revenue-wise for South Edge. It's probably about the healthy number where I'm going to uh, stop it at, I would say, because I don't want to be the biggest construction. Well, it comes with a lot of liability and headaches and things of that nature. Cool. The money is good. But I said about double the revenue is probably my goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely buy more real estate. You know, I learned from my, my father as well as other entrepreneurs that, Real estate is steady. It's always been steady. I'll never, you know, stocks go up and down. Real estate, you might have a little bit of a dip, but it's, it's a, you know, the ass, the assets always going to continue to grow. And, and, you know, now with short-term rentals and all, there's other ways in real estate now to make money other than just, you know, a buy and hold or, or flipping, you know, you can actually do short-term rentals. So just, it, um, buy more real estate, growing my business, um, and then just getting into other businesses. We'll see what pops up. I love it. Just keeping the, the radar up and mm-hmm. looking for opportunities like the pickleball Absolutely. and the coffee shop and everything. I hope one day me and you uh, collaborate on Absolutely. That. I could definitely will. see it. Maybe you probably will. Maybe the, the direct-to-consumer baby clothes and shoes brand, something like that, whatever we'll, pops up. We'll figure something out. Absolutely. Well, that's all very exciting stuff. There is one other question I always ask that I definitely want to make sure not to forget. It starts with you know the industry that you're in. With everything you do, I would classify it as just being in the entrepreneurial industry, right? You do mm-hmm. all this different stuff. 
you know, a lot of real estate, but also just really anything that strikes you as a good viable business opportunity. Right now, I mean, uh, you know, the big thing that I'm seeing is that you got to make sure that you stick to the market trends like we, we've discussed. Exactly. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. I know we've, we've touched on it all throughout the shows. You got to pay attention to what's going on around you. And that's, mm-hmm. that's when you strike. Absolutely. And so my, my question to you, and I ask this of everyone, if you were, you know, telling your past self, maybe your 23 year old self that you mentioned, what would, what are some things that you would tell him to do differently as he was getting into the industry? Um, you know, I would say one of the big things, uh, it's hard to say, I wouldn't say break off, I should have broken off earlier, like basically on my own type of thing. Um, because I did learn from the older guys that were around me, good guys, entrepreneurs, saw ups, saw downs, learned so much. So I wouldn't say to break off earlier. I would say I probably wish I got into real estate earlier. Um, like I said, it's it's true and true as long as you, uh, you know, you can, especially back when prices were where they are. Obviously, everything's inflated now, but there's a lot of money to be made in it. And then, like I said, that money could have been making me money for years. So that would probably be my biggest thing is purchase some real estate, Chris. Love it. <laughs> Get into real estate yeah. early so that you could be making the money that lets you do the, the other fun stuff. The other fun stuff. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, anything else that you wanted to touch on, leave the audience with? Uh, no, I mean, I just, I just kind of, you know, just, just continue to work hard. You got to want it. Like I said earlier, um, make sure that you track, track everything, track where your calls came from. Stay hungry, stay hungry. I mean, I mean, I'm my biggest critic. I mean, I can chop myself to pieces if I wanted to. And that's what keeps me going. I'm like, man, I gotta, gotta get better. I gotta be a better entrepreneur, better dad, better friend. Uh, That's something that I just focus on daily. What am I going to do to get better? How am I going to get better? And you got to want that. And, um, you know, good luck to everybody out there. Just be better, do better. I love it. I think that's a great place to end it. Uh, anything else you wanted to plug? Not really right now. I mean, I guess really, really we've already talked about my business out there, roofing and construction. Um, you know, that's probably, probably the biggest thing right now. I'm just trying to grow that. Um, so yeah, give us a call if you need something. Yeah. Look out for the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Look out for the yeah. commercial. I'm sure if you're can. a, if you're a real estate owner of uh, 350 grand or more, yeah. look out for that commercial. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. coming your we're, way. We're here to help. So give us a shout. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on. This has been really Thanks, awesome. Man. I've very much enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we talked a lot about a lot of good stuff. That's going to be great for my audience. Thank All right, you man. so much. I appreciate it. This has been Profession Session. I've been your host, Brody Vinson. My guest has been Chris Carbajal, and we're going to go ahead and sign off there. Thanks so much for tuning into Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. Stay tuned for new episodes every week and short clips of deep dives into specific topics that I put out on different social media channels. We can be found on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, all major podcast platforms. You can find my guest in the details of this video or podcast. And if you happen to know a young standout business owner, professional, or entrepreneur that you would think would be a good fit for profession session, DM me or get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know. And they could be the next to tell their story here. Until next time, again, this has been Profession Session. Stay focused, stay hustling, and stay networking. Mm-hmm.